you ever wonder how two dudes can pump out over 250 podcasts per year and not charge a penny for it? Generous people like you make it all possible. There are lots of great ways to support us, but one of the simplest is to straight up throw us cash. Go to support.baldmove.com to donate via PayPal, and we also accept Bitcoins for all you crypto nerds out there. Oh, down with the fiat currency! Fight the power! Uh, yeah, and support free and independent podcasting. Support.baldmove.com. Welcome to Breaking Good, the officially unofficial podcast for Breaking Bad on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we are covering Season 2, Episode 10, entitled Over This Week. Uh, this is a really good one. This is one of the highlights of the series for me. Uh, no, great episode. Yeah. One of the all-time badass Walt moments with yep. an all-time cringeworthy Walt moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like it's we're kind of narrowing in on some of the popular. I feel like this is a uh, for people saying when did they stop rooting for Walt? Mm-hmm. If not for that line at the end, I feel like there'd have been a lot of defections from the Walt ship. Because yeah, you're probably right. It's hard to defend what he does to his son here. Yeah, I understand why he's doing it in a lot of ways, but yeah, it's man, you can't defend it. Pretty inexcusable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, our breakfast count was swole in this episode. Yeah, almost as many breakfasts as there were shots of tequila. We're up to eight out of nine, or seven out of nine if you count the uh, you know the controversial omelet, the, the Flynn <laughs> yep. omelet, the mm-hmm. Flynnlet. Uh, but that's uh, I'm, I feel pretty good about my statement that Walt Jr. does not turn down many breakfasts. Yeah, no, he's at almost every one. I don't know whose email started me off on this breakfast. Uh, bounty it's good because at the end of this we are going to have an official breaking bad breakfast count you realize you're committing us to watching to, to doing a rewatch of uh seasons five uh, four and five and six what six or five b whatever oh, okay <laughs> god damn it uh you're right you're right i i don't think there are very many many family breakfasts in those seasons mm. i think it's pretty easy and you can you can get a breakfast in a fast forward right sure Watch it at double time. Yeah. 1.5 speed or something. Probably, yeah, probably 4x. Four, four you could get breakfast if you're just counting yeah. breakfasts. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, just before we get started, uh, just again, I'm priming the Better Call Saul pump. Ah. We're, we're the Better Call Saul Eve week next week. We're going to have the preview cast up mm-hmm. and uh, be looking for that on baldmove.com. Uh, I've seen some trailers that have started to get me real excited for this show. Sure. And the... What I'm hearing from the press is just nothing short of uh, pants shitting as far as uh, anticipation. I'm trying to keep it in check. Me too, yeah. We're two weeks into Justified. We just started. We're one week into Americans. Uh, if any of those things float your boat, uh, check out baldmove.com to find out how you can subscribe. Getting ready to come back with Walking Dead, too. Walking Dead's coming Same back. Same week as Better Call Saul. Yeah. All right, That's. Uh, do you want me to do a little background info on this sure. episode? This was directed by Phil Abraham who directed just one episode of Breaking Bad, but he's directed many episodes of Mad Men, uh, Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, The Killing, Orange and the New Black, tons of other stuff. Hmm. And it's written by Moira Wally Beckett. Oh, yeah. Who is a singular talent, singular in that she only works on Breaking Bad, and she's she's written some of the best episodes ever. 
Yeah, she's prolific in Breaking Bad. Uh, got a uh, Emmy for her work on Ozymandias in the last season. So mm-hmm. uh, we're in good hands. I feel like we're in good hands. What We already talked about what we thought about this episode, so I guess it's uh, nothing recap left time. but to recap it. All right, let's do it. Uh, we start with some more shots of kind of the carnage around the pool. Um, we get some broken glasses, oh, yeah, some shattered windshields. Uh, yeah, we get the, the pink teddy bear again with the missing eye. Uh, all this stuff seems, in my mind, to be designed to make us think that something horrible has happened at the White House. It, it That's the way it certainly appears to me. Although there's a lot of stand-ins for meth in this episode. Uh, I thought the shattered, <laughs> shattered, Az- shattered Aztec window uh-huh. looks like a sheet of glass being broke. Uh, Hank chopping up the ice. Or Especially, not. I think it was last episode, maybe, in Four Days Out, where we had the shot up through the yes. meth. It looked a lot like that. Yeah, yeah and and uh, Hank, uh, you know, icing up their salting up the glass yes. was a lot like uh, not that the was blue really stuff, cool. but the white stuff. I, I thought there was a lot of meth imagery, mm-hmm. and also some actual smoking meth. Sure. Um. Yeah. They, they they really want us to think. You know, those those glasses look kind of like Waltz. I think. Oh, and and I'm, you get I'm, to you you get to the Aztec, and there's two body bags. <laughs> Yeah, right outside, uh-huh. and everybody's in hazmat. It can't gear. be good. It can't be good. No, it's got got to be bad news for for our uh, our, our dynamic duo. I mean, that it. I was. I mean, I think this is a brilliant device to keep our interest peaked because every couple episodes we get another one of these, and the music is just very weird and lunar, and yeah. you know, tales from the dark side uh twilight zone esque and you're just kind of uh-huh. disorientated and the only thing that's got any color is the fucking bear. Uh-huh. It's a great device. Sure. You can it only is. hope it leads up to something worthy and epic. Yeah, and everybody in these shots is wearing like hazmat suits, right? Yes. And you like kind of put together the the meth cooking with the hazmat suits. Well, it's like done blowing his house up, right? Uh, his house is still intact though. His pool is still intact. There's a lot of shit around like i wonder i don't know they, they blew up the they blew up the rv right in front of the house well got brazen <laughs> well got brazen in his last few episodes maybe so who the hell knows uh we certainly don't <laughs> anyway um walt then uh has is waking up and examining his hand uh after punching that that thing last episode in the bathroom and it's it's kind of busted up mm-hmm. um and so are his lungs he's using his inhaler when he gets a cough and then he goes to the bathroom. There is some disgusting water coming out of his faucet. Some some uh, dirty dirty shit. Yeah, some rot water. Yeah. And I think is this when he shaves his head, or does he shave his head later? I believe it's this this part. He this shaves scene. his head. Okay, nice and fresh. I, I I get the feeling that this water is representative of what is going on in Walt's head. <laughs> Baptism of shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, but you know just. This gunk. Every, everything is just gunking up Walt's head right now. Like mm. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to react to this great news that he got. Yeah. Or should is be it great news? news? Yeah. Like, in a normal person's perspective, yeah, sure. it would be. It's And I, I love the contrast to his reaction to Jesse's reaction that we'll see here mm-hmm. in a bit. But, yeah, it's 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 great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So then we go to breakfast. Breakfast count rises by one here. Mm-hmm. Walt Jr. is definitely at that table. Uh, Scuther tells Walt that she wants to have a party and that he should rest up. And then, you know, she heads out for work and he agrees. Um, he gets in bed, but when he, le- when she leaves, he Strict calls up orders Jesse. to do nothing, which by the yeah. way is a giant fantasy of mine. 
<laughs> I okay. I can't remember other than times I've been ill. Yeah. Where I just don't have anything to do in a given day. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking that maybe one of these weekends it'll happen and I keep on, you know, not be down to refuse an invitation or do something. But man, it's nothing more glorious than when you wake up and there is nothing to do. Yeah. All day. There's not a deadline. There's not mm-hmm. an appointment. There's not a it's just you got nothing to do. You can sit in your underwear, play video. Walt should play video games. He should play video games. If Walt had yeah. a hobby and mm-hmm. knew what to do with himself in his downtime, none of this would have ever happened. They would still have disgusting water. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> but but he would not have killed anyone. But they were thriving on that disgusting water. I mean, look at yeah. him. Yeah. Junior's a growing boy. Mm-hmm. Got a baby on the way. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that water. <laughs> People in Africa would kill for that water. You're probably right. People probably in the desert right. would absolutely kill for that water. And he's in the desert, so... There you go. Perfect. If you're uh, drinking water, you can't turn your nose up and it being a little rusty or brown. <laughs> Come on there, now. There's a fine line. When, when you're talking about, like, getting sick and staying home, there's a fine line between getting sick enough to stay home and do nothing... Sure. ...and getting so sick that you literally want to do nothing right. at home. Right. Uh, and I feel like... If you can nail that balance perfectly, uh, that's always a good day. It's hard to do. That's a like, good day. It's easier in school for some reason. Oh like yeah. If you got the, you know, chicken pox, that's the that that's that's my gold standard Perfect. for guilt free doing nothing. You don't. Yeah, uh-huh. you're a little itchy. You might have a slight fever, but you're just sitting home watching cartoons. Yeah, and the big thing is you're contagious, right? I can't go anywhere, mom. Yeah, yeah. I'm contagious. I, I don't want to inflict this lazy ass day on anyone else. <laughs> What's what's I, I get it. Chicken pox can kill people. All right. I mean, yeah. yeah, I know. But, you know, we're making a joke. Yeah. It's like my dad. Anytime I look forward to like a lot of snowfall or blizzard, he's always like, you know, it's going to kill people, right? It's going to be <laughs> old people to die because they can't get their medicine. I mean, fuck, Jesus. man, I just Way I just want to it. see a blizzard in my life, man. I want to see my ass deep snow out in my front yard mm. once before I die. Yeah. Hopefully it will not be the thing that kills me as my dad <laughs> seems to think. <laughs> But that's all I want. And you know what? You know what else is good about blizzards? What's that? Great doing nothing weather. Oh. You can't go outside. It might kill yeah. you. You can't go to work. <laughs> it might kill you. Fucking governor of your state declared an emergency. That, it, mm-hmm. It's patriotic duty to stay home and do no, nothing. Definitely, like, if you're ranking, like, the snow day or the sick day, the snow day is way better. Oh, yeah. Way better. Yeah. Because usually you order a pizza, you make people bring it to you. You, you know what's been to go ki- out. You know what's been a kick in the nuts of snow day? What's that? Telecommuting. Oh, see, I was going to say power outages, because (laughs) that fucks you, too. That can kill people, but no, it's like the last few jobs I've had, yeah, like, they won't let you telecommute unless it's a snow day, and then it's like, you're expected to check your email and all this, like, fuck that. See, I'm not even worried about the killing people, I'm worried about not being able to play games or watch TV. There you go. With my power outages. All right. Uh, Anyway. Walt needs a hobby, is all we're saying. He does, so he calls up Jesse, and uh, they meet up at a diner. Walt tells Jesse that he's doing well. And Jesse's super happy for him, but Walt is less happy. Uh, Walt's like, well, I, I guess we're done after we sell what we have. Uh, doesn't seem to want to get back into the business. Yeah, and the great thing about this scene is they've laid the groundwork with Jesse and his relationship with his aunt and her cancer is that he knows exactly how good this news is. He can yes. be roughly as excited as the rest of the whites minus Walt, um, mm-hmm. and he gets like you know 80% re- reduction in how um miraculous that is and walt yeah. just is he's like you must be so psyched and he's like i don't know and and when he says what do we do now and he goes well i'm done and you compare the emotional states between like jesse being happy and you can kind of see 
I don't know. What is Jesse's mental state? Because he's kind of bummed out when Walt says, I'm done too. Yeah, I can't tell if Jesse wants to continue cooking or not. Because Jesse's in his early 20s. He's going to have $700,000. That's like earning a million dollars after taxes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's an incredible amount of money. You know how many Funyuns that buys? (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, he could buy the house from his folks and still have 500 grand or so to just live on the rest of your life. It's probably within the realm of possibility to live fairly comfortably on $500,000 cash if you invested it correctly and you had modest. Uh, you know, you took it easy on the MILFs and the meth. Uh, you could stretch that for a good long while. Yeah, I don't know. One one thing goes bad in the Jesse's life relationships, and he's back on the meth, though, <laughs> as we see this episode. Yeah, not, yeah, I've got a lot to say about that. All right. Anyway, uh, we go to Walt's party, and Skyler's giving a speech about Walt, including a thank you to Gretchen and Elliot, which he does not like. Does not sit well with Walt at all. Yeah, speaking of minor things, it sends you off into a tizzy. Yeah. So, and and I, I thought there's a lot of really great things. We already talked about uh, Hank cutting the crystal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, salt in the glass, and that Walt is in the background of a speech in his honor. Uh huh. Like he's way in the background, kind of blending in, and and then when Skyler mentions by name, people have to like kind of part and look behind them to see him. I thought that was a great little him. It's almost like Walt is reaching out from beyond the fake cancer grave and pulling him back, and Heisenberg's like, no, get your hands off me. Yeah, it's interesting because he was kind of like that in his own party the first time we see him in the pilot. Sure. He's uh, just he, nothing he's, of a man. But he's in the background this time for a different reason, I feel. Not because he's just this meek guy who doesn't really want the attention, but this time it's because he doesn't know what to make of this news. He doesn't know what to do with himself now. He he's trying to process all this and they're having a party around him, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so we talked a little about this, a little bit about this while we were watching and I'm like, you know, the nature of Walt's pride and why he's doing this. And when Elliot and Gretchen are getting the praise for paying for the cancer treatment, he bristles. I feel like he's got this very shallow definition of pride and cleverness. Like, to me, it's arguable that if you can set something up where people don't ever suspect you're uh, a criminal kingpin, that's actually better than getting fame and infamy from being a criminal kingpin because there's consequences with the latter. The former, mm-hmm. you can actually have this, like, I've outsmarted everyone. And, I mean, yeah, well, it must be it... hard because you hear about all the time, like, serial killers that can't stop sending clues to the cops and... Uh-huh. They they translate their cleverness and their intellect into like, well, I'll never be caught. But I don't I never have gotten that. Like getting away at the crime of the century is arguably more satisfying. Yeah. Uh like the whole DB Cooper mystery. Like, if that guy is alive, he must be the smuggest son of a bitch in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I Walt just wants people to know how good he is as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's lived his life kind of in the shadow of Gretchen and Elliot and Grey Matter. Right. Uh, and even though that's that's all, uh, or at least a good portion of it, based on his work, I, it comes across as him still feeling like he has, he has some kind of inferiority complex where he needs people to know how good he is. He can't just be good. Yeah. And that's a problem for Walt. I should probably explain the D.B. Cooper deal. That's a guy who oh, yeah, stole yeah. several million dollars, Went up in an airplane, a 727, bailed out the rear hatch and a parachute, and it was never seen from again. It was mm-hmm. the plot that season four of Justified is built around. There's a lot of speculation that 
I don't know if it's serious speculation, but there's some speculation that that's somehow going to tie into Don Draper's ultimate, oh. uh, you know, fate. Sure. Uh, but the Wikipedia article is super interesting if you want to check it out. Yeah. But no, I I just it's part of me just really hates this about Walt that he can't leave good enough alone. Yeah, uh, I, I can see why you you might be annoyed by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Walt gives his own speech, <laughs> which is my favorite part of this scene. Sure. Uh, it basically confuses and mortifies everyone in the room. <laughs> I look as normally Walt will say something like this and then try to talk his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Where this Walt's like, I'm just going to lob this grenade in a room uh-huh. and not say a damn word. Yeah, he's the this version of Walt is the I don't give a fuck Walt. Sure. And, and that's the rest of Walt um, up through the conflict he has with Hank outside. Um, for for this whole party, it's I don't give a fuck, Walt. Speaking of of Hank, you know, we talked to several people involved in the making and acting in Breaking Bad, and they all say that there's just no improvisations. Like, it's whatever's in the script, that's what you yeah. use. Fun fact from the Insider podcast, uh, Dean Norris and uh, Vince Gilligan, in fact, say that he improvised that whole, wow, inspirational line. Yeah. And they thought it was funny enough that they, they put it in into the final cut. So I thought that was interesting. I wonder if Gomi was telling me fibs. Not one of their lines was ad libbed. Not one of their 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 beaner jokes. Or... Yeah, no, I'm sure some of them. It's got to be some of them. It's got to be. Come on, uh, come but on. They, they probably write most of that. Uh, I noticed in this scene, Walt. Aside from the people who can't drink, Walt Junior. Uh, and Skyler. Skyler. Yep. Walt is the only one not drinking a margarita. He's actually drinking a Schrader Brow. Mm. Is there anything interesting there, it's, or is he's that just... metaphorically sucking off Hank? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, he's just not part of this party. No, at no. all. I mean, that that's just further reinforces that, I think. No, I mean, it's weird that they're celebrating a life that he's not sure he wants back, yeah. which mm. is super interesting. Definitely. So then we go out to the backyard. Party's still happening. And Hank is recounting some of his El Paso stories to Junior. Junior is really just you know, drooling all over Hank here. Like, sure. I want to hear more. This is great. Well, I mean, imagine you're a 16 year old kid and your uncle had this bomb with a man's head on a tortoise. And like, that's the hell of a story. I've annoyed a lot more people for less impressive accomplishments. Okay. I remember yeah. uh, having a little bit too much to drink and being uh, st- uh, an electrical engineer being stuck with me for a long discussion about, well, how many amps would it take to kill a man? <laughs> what if they're standing in water? Did what he, if they're sweaty? Did he call the cops? No, no, no. It's like I think his wife came over and rescued him, but and I realized okay. later it's like, wow, I just pestered that man with a bunch of inane questions about his. Doesn't he really involve his job? It's like, oh, you're an electrical engineer. I need to know the precise quantities it takes to kill a man. Uh, <laughs> I may or may not have done that over. Christmas. Oh, are, are you a writer? Is this for no? Nope. I'm just curious for science. For science. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I did that over Christmas with my girlfriend's brother-in-law, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, we're, so, we're professionals, annoying people. That's that's what we do. Yes. Walt decides now is the time he's going to introduce Junior to Tequila, sixteen-year-old uh, Junior, and he goes overboard. And Hank takes off with the tequila, and then Walt demands he brings it back. And there's a face-off by the pool until the tension is cut by Junior puking. Yeah. Sure. I, that's that's the only thing that saves either Hank or Walt here, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think either of them was going to back down and kind of cool this thing off. No. It was a super tense scene. It was. I mean, as as good as the final scene of this episode is, this is a very, very close second. 
Uh-huh. Uh, no, I, and it did feel like things were going to get violent. Yeah. Like, I was very uncomfortable watching the scene. Um, it's hard to watch Walt do this to his child. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to wa- watch Hank, you know, because Hank's not exactly a prude. Like, you know, first drink, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, yeah. don't let your mom see. But he was broadly in favor. And then the second one, it's like, I'm not sure if it didn't. This is all directly in defiance of, you know, how impressive Hank is to Junior. Sure. I mean, he's try- He's also, very angry that Junior is so obsessed with his uncle. And, and Walt is in the bag. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, Walt Jr. claims to have kept up with him later on, but I don't know, because who knows how many shots he's had before. Uh, Walt is slurred. Mm-hmm. His, you know, trying to grab for the bottle. His, his, his movements are off. I mean, he's doing a very good job, Brian Cranston, at portraying someone who's had a little bit yeah. too much tequila. I, I cannot say enough good things about Brian Cranston in this episode. I mean, he, he swings for the fences on every single emotion, every single scene he tries to to do here is just solid gold and then when he i mean so so walt jr is still horking in the pool uh uh-huh. and he sits down with this little smile on his face like he's happy with the devastation he's wrought yeah. that's why i say that like man it would be easy to jump off team heisenberg here because it's it's one thing to get into like a dick swinging match with your brother in law over your child and be angry about it and you know it's like I, it's gross but whatever yeah but to then have this happen and then be kind of happy about it like what the hell is he thinking in that moment <laughs> ah, I showed that fucking I don't know, Hank man. he's drunk he's pissed he's confused I don't know what's going through his head it's he's that, halfway to a fugue state that murky water heater water that's what he could. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. It's the rust contaminating. <laughs> it's rust contamination it's in the his rust brain. rot. Mm-hmm. Got to get rid of it. Yep. Anyway, so we go back over to Jesse at his house, and he is cooking breakfast for Jane, and she comes out and uh, sees him doing that. He he didn't really want her to know until he brought it to her, but uh, he tells her he doesn't have to go to work, doesn't have to do anything today, and he is all hers. Uh, that will come back into play later. With Jesse's kind of overreaction to the whole situation. Sure, sure. So we go back really to... Really cool visual shot of the... Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's cool, but rewatching the series, like, they do this a lot. The whole cut a hole in something, put some glass on it, and show it from underneath. Yeah, yeah. What is the deal? What is that visual motif supposed to represent i mean like a reverse pov sort of deal we've had hole cams and trunk cams and skillet cams and you know cookie sheet covered Mm. meth cams all this stuff everything um uh you know tub dissolving body cams Mm -hmm. everything from the bottom looking up is that like uh it's is that like the perspective of hell like you're in (laughs) hell and you're looking up and or that's the audience's window to this world is all these sort of horrific things i guess breakfast is not a terrifically <laughs> terrible no, no. thing that that you're uh, right huevos rancheros <laughs> i would not eat that and i like it jane's like, dubious look it like, looks like dog food with a, a fried egg on top yeah i don't know i mean there may be a lot of that salsa verde and it's you know it's just we're not used to seeing that but damn i guess damn yeah uh i don't know how she could tell that it was Huevos Rancheros. That's, that's, uh, that is your brain. On, that is your cooking on drugs is what it is. 
All right. Anyway, we go back to Walt waking up uh, the next day. <laughs> the face of a man who drank a whole bottle of tequila. Yeah. Yeah. He regrets that. He regrets everything about the previous day. Sure. Uh, the drinking, the confrontation with Hank, all of it. And he calls up Skyler, I think, to apologize here. Yep. Uh, he starts to do the dishes to apologize even further. Sure. But the water is so disgusting that he has to do something about it. He checks the hot water heater. It is leaking. It is rusty. It is terrible. Now, we had a debate about this because I'm like, I don't care how fucking poor you are. Uh huh. Walt turns out to be a handyman. That your water heater sitting in a moat with all these pipes duct taped together, like a couple bucks at Home Depot, and you can fix the obvious leaks. All right. You know, it's like anytime you start duct taping a pipe, fucking go to Home Depot. Like if you if you don't have the skills and I get it, it's expensive to call a plumber. Yeah. You know, just doing that basic repair. But damn, damn, that that water heater was a horror show. It was. Yeah. Uh, Counterpoint. The man has had cancer for a while now. I kind of got other things on his mind. You know, that water heater has not been there for the duration of his, you know, chest lump or whatever that that's. That's the work of years of active neglect. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. if, if it had just been, you know, everything's working great, and then, you know, he has his cancer, and you got to slap some... Du- okay, fine. But but that's, you know, in the pilot, before anything's wrong, it's established that their water heater is a fiasco. Yeah. So... All right. That's... None of that's the code. <laughs> All of that is disgusting. And Walt, what the hell? You're, 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 you're halfway to Bob Vila hood yeah in this episode mm. i think you could have you know replaced some pipe just saying yeah no the the thing i like about you know him being bob vila maybe maybe i should save this for later yeah let's do that okay uh anyway so we go to work with skylar and she's uh talking with ted and tells him that walt has cancer finally kind of fesses up with that uh i don't know what ted is eating here skylar brought something and it looks like churros but, but they're, I, I churros, think they're like the cinnamon. To me, is not a breakfast the, food. The cinnamony ones, kind of like cinnamon like churros. You, yeah, like I, I, what did Taco Bell have before they went in uh, bed with cinnamon twists? Cinna, cinnamon twists. Yeah, but they're that's what I remember. They're like uh, a sweet flour tortilla fried and put in and uh, you know like uh, dipped in butter and then in sugar and cinnamon and they've got like some kind of sweet custard filling. I forget what those things are called. Mm. I think they're churros. I don't know. Oh, really? Is, is that like a sweet, that you can have a sweet churro? I don't know. I've never had a churro, believe it or not. It kind of looks like those things you get at the gas stations, too, like the tornadoes or... <laughs> you say tornado, things. I say tornado. <laughs> anyway. El tornado. Uh, then Walt goes to the store, uh, water heater shopping, comes away with a top-of-the-line model. Yeah, Just tankless. a really choice piece of uh, hardware there. 117,000 BTUs. That's too much. Too much. All three of them could take hot hash showers for infinity, and it would just never run out. They don't have to boil water anymore. They no. just get it right out of the right tap. Right out of the tap. That'd uh, be hella convenient, by the way. He pays with cash, and he notices there is a bill with blood on it, which I thought was a nice little touch. Very nice. That's, uh, that's blood money. Yeah. Yeah. You think this is a reminder to Walt about the the horrible lifestyle that he had to lead before? Sure, sure. Can also... You could it could also kind of be like an effective warning about uh, you know just a few scenes ago he was telling Jesse how they needed to be cautious and lay low and sell off their meth mm, and yeah. now he's dropping cash for brand new water heaters and 
remodeling his cross, to, crawl space and to other meth dealers, taking meth dealers under his wing, <laughs> and then threatening them. It's it's not not necessarily keeping the low profile. Not at all. And then we go to Jesse's house where he is showing Jane his artwork. Uh, Kanga man rewind Kanga man who's actually a girl but is a dude because he's a product of experimentation. <laughs> Hoverman. <laughs> Hoverman, Rewind Man. Uh, Backwardo was his original Originally, name. yes. But then he just erased the bottom of the B, <laughs> if you notice on the picture. Uh, he, so he's showing her his artwork, and her dad shows up unannounced, and she's scrambling to get back to her house. And then Jesse comes out thinking he's going to get you know a grand introduction here, and instead he gets the cold shoulder from her. Come on. Uh, Come he, on. He gets new tenant treatment. <laughs> yeah, what did he expect to happen here? I don't know because i'm 100 percent on jane's side when later she says yeah it's my dad what did you want me to see this is my druggy new tenant who mm-hmm. also i'm boning yeah like get the fuck out of your slam pieces father shows up unannounced and she goes to the other side of the apartment answers the door and this is not your cue to come out and say hi no like what the fuck is wrong with you jesse it's clear that she did not want him to find her in jesse's house and and instead of like realizing that you're the asshole you're the one that's missed all these obvious social cues yeah you're going to turn this around and make her feel bad he's hurt so i i understand where jesse's coming from this episode it's clear that they have a fundamental misunderstanding here jesse thinks it's one way jane thinks it's another uh jesse i think when he made breakfast earlier for her and told her i'm all yours yeah he was thinking like that was the start of their beautiful relationship i mean maybe 1950s era pleasantville uh-huh. but in this day like yes you know you wouldn't be having you got to take the good at the bad like there is some social am- ambiguity in this whole sexual revolution thing where you can like stick stick slot a into tab b and then maybe it means something maybe it doesn't it's up it's like it's on you if you don't have that defining the relationship conversation like you can't that a metaphor that's <laughs> explicit it's explicit penis vagina or vagina to vagina wow. or penis and ass or whatever you do i don't really give a shit <laughs> i'm just saying that if you're ear, do, ear. if you're doing that outside mm-hmm. the bonds of holy matrimony uh then they're you're off script all right sure so the only way to get back on script is to fucking talk about it i it drove me to the extent that you know, guys like to say women are crazy. To the extent they are, it's because of shit like this. <laughs> Jesse's acting like a fucking lunatic. Yeah, he's he's the crazy one here, for sure. <sighs> uh, he he just made certain assumptions that were unwarranted. Totally. Yeah. Totally unwarranted. Yeah. They were, ha- I mean, they're having a fun time. Maybe it leads something. Maybe maybe he cooks her a nice dinner and says, hey, the do we want to The vagina museum, official? though. I mean, do you go with your slam piece to a vagina museum? So here's the thing. On the weekend. They had, they, they well, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like a perfectly slam place, slam piece thing to, to take one to. All right. But sure. I'm, I'm saying, like, maybe Jane was thinking that way, too. And then he blew her off and didn't uh, talk to her for four whole days. So maybe she's confused about the whole thing, too. Yep. Maybe yep. Jesse should be sliding an apology boy slash <laughs> kanga transsexual boy. kanga girl uh-huh. drawing apology boy underneath her dro- door for that bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, a, I'm just a saying. drawing of Jane as kanga man with him in her pouch <laughs> would be perfect, right? Yes, he's all up in that pouch. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, horseshit, Jesse Pinkman. What the fuck? I bet he was he was wishing he was rewind man at this point. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he has any realization that he's kind of in the wrong here. I think you're right. Yeah. And I have, believe it or not, more to say later. Okay. 
Well, we'll get to it right after we talk about Walt installing his water heater. Uh, Junior comes in, he tests it out. It is scorching. And Literally. Then Walt takes a moment to apologize to Junior for what he did to him the the previous day. Uh, Junior is just proud that he kept up with his father and Hank as far as drinks. He's like, I- I'm a good boy, right? Right? I kept up with you. Three drinks. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I didn't like Walt's performance here as father. Uh, it's it's cool that he did apologize, but I think when your son you know, fixes you with the impish grin and says, well, at least I kept up, that's when you kind of like, okay, the apology phase of this is over. Now it's kind of reconciliation, and we're back to kind of like joking. That's like he's yeah. trying to reestablish connection with Walt, and Walt just kind of like disassociates. Like this is Walt's problem in a f- nutshell. Yeah, he, there should have been a discussion about, like, I, I was wrong to do what I did. That and, was all great. Yeah, yeah. But, like, and then maybe if you're really, you know, insecure about how you're raising your kid, you could, after you josh around, it's like, yeah, just to be clear, we're serious, though, about the whole, you know, that was a bad deal, and I shouldn't have done that, and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dad, and then you go on, but, like... Shouldn't be drinking. Walt just kind of, <laughs> like, you know, looks away and muddles off to the crawl space, like, the yeah, fuck? Yeah, where he notices that the floor is melting. It <laughs> it's turning into soup beneath the water heater. Yeah, the, apparently uh, they made the underflooring out of the Wicked Witch of the West because it's just <laughs> turning to goo. It's yeah. turning to putty. Uh, and he he stomps off to go somewhere, which we'll yeah. get to later. Uh, Jane comes over and Jesse confronts her about you know how she introduced him to her dad, and she, you know, right after she had just told or he had just told her that. I'm all yours. That kind of got to him. But, you know, Jane, Jane's not having any of it. She's like, what did you, what, what is this? What is this to you? Cause did, it's did not she the go same away without a word and not come back for four days with no explanation? Yeah. She doesn't say that, but you're right. And the other that's thing that's gotta be factoring. I, I kind of think half of the reason this went down the way it did is because mm-hmm. he's acting like a total asshole. Like she comes back like, Hey, okay. It's the, you know, I got that over with. Now let's get back to us time. And he's like, what the hell is this? You <laughs> but her. And she's yeah. like, uh, be a man. And he's steadfast refuses to. And she's like, yep. Uh, this, you know, I'm completely drying up. My panties are retracting. I'm out of here. I, I think again, this is totally his fault. Yeah. Like if he yeah. wanted to define the you relationship, there's a little ways bit, to do that. She was a little passive aggressive with her uh do you have to work or whatever you do today sort of thing. But that was he a little had just aggressive. flaked on her to cook meth for four days. I know, but that's why I'm saying it's passive aggressive. She should have fucking had a conversation about that. Well, but like do you I mean maybe she's like, This is clearly something that or she you got don't the message about. Yeah, I mean she's she got the message that maybe he wasn't interested She's in that She's a recovering way. addict. Sure. It's like, you know, I don't I don't know what it's like to be like an alcoholic and then to fall in love with someone who is also in the throes of alcoholism and like how do you deal with that? Do you mm. get all like 12 steps on them and you know, you got to get or do you like, well, I see what you're going through. I mean, that's another facet of this relationship. Uh Jane could be trying to keep this emotionally separate for very good reasons because for all she knows, Jesse's a raging junkie. Yeah, yeah I, I think... For all we know, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, there's very good reasons for this relationship to be kind of just slam P, slam PC. Uh, and I just cannot get over how fucking entitled and mm-hmm. dipshit Jesse is about resolving this relational conflict. Yeah, no, he's, he's clearly not doing the right thing here. Uh... Anyway, Walt buys a bunch of shit from the hardware store, 
and goes to town replacing the floor. I mean, he fucking. I think cuts he actually out. makes three trips to town total. It's not just a one and done. He keeps coming back. Yeah, he cuts. He cuts out the foundation of the building, and uh, I love Walt. Walt Junior's line: "Is our house going to collapse, Dad?" You know. Sure, he comes home. Uh, Walt's proudly showing him does? like the fruiting bodies in the wood, and J- Walt Junior's like, "It's wood, what?" Yeah, uh, it, and this whole thing, obviously, at least I think, is a big metaphor for what Walt's cooking is doing to the family and what cancer is doing to his body, or was. Yeah, the house has cancer in a way, right? It's also how the plot of The Last of Us started. Um, no, you're right. <laughs> Junior's going to turn into a clicker and exactly. Or Walt, he's, he's got, I mean, the whole house got rot. He's down there in full Heisenberg year. Yeah. Like Walt cooking meth and Walt eliminating rot are one and the same. This is your classic Superman three yeah. trash compactor fight. And, you know, Junior saying, is the whole house going to collapse? He's like, not if I can help it, son. <laughs> that has got a lot of rich meaning in here. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Walt's trying to get all this money for his family. Sure. But what he's doing is actually causing bigger problems. But I'm going to fight it metaphorically and mm-hmm. throw myself into this because I don't have a hobby. Um, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I, Walt is looking for something to occupy him, and teaching is not doing it. He's looking for another outlet, and that has turned into cutting holes in the house. Uh-huh. Uh, and by the end of that, the, this episode, it is not enough. Sure. And it's clear to him that it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, which which I thought was really cool. Anyway, Skyler's working late. Ted comes in. She asks about some uh, funny stuff in the books, then breaks down crying about Walt's good news. And then Ted tells her that she's had a hard time uh, emotionally, and they bond. Skyler, he, he relates a story about his father. Skyler is bringing the guns to work. Her cleavage display is and impressive. And, and is bringing the guns. Is that what you're saying? Sky, is, did I say Skylar Anna? No, you said Skylar, but... Okay, Skylar. Skylar's bringing the guns. Uh, this is, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm an enlightened male. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to act disgusting, but if, if, the, if they're out there, I'm probably going to steal glances. And what I thought was funny is the actor who played Ted, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whether he was coached to do this or, or directed or just natural inclination, he could not tear his eyes off of Skyler's boobs the whole scene. Look at it. Yeah. Look at this man. Look at like it's like it's like a force of will to meet her glance for like a second at a time and then right back to it. Yeah. I got to tear my eyes off there. Met her eyes. Boom. Right back to the cleavage. I'm surprised Amazing. he could even converse with the is she noticing this going on in his head? <laughs> yeah, man. He's not even trying to hide it. No, he's like, not. He's not even playing the game of like, I, 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 you know, I'm peripheral vision waiting for the eyes to return to mine and I'm going to try to race back to her. It's just like <laughs> full on, you know, uh-huh. tractor beam, yeah. targeting system locked on. Be well, a little bit more subtle, dude. A well, lot of guys need to get their shit together in this episode, is all I'm saying. I, but I've also noticed that Skylar has changed her dress, certainly to impress Ted, I well, think. Well, and it's explicit in this episode with the whole pencil and it has been. debacle. It yes. has been for episodes now. Yes. This is the subconscious is becoming conscious. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't blame Ted too much. I'm I mean, not yeah, maybe it's not cool, but... Be subtle. At the same time, yeah. Yeah, be yeah. subtle. Uh, anyway, they, they have breakfast again. Breakfast count number two. Oh, did we mention they went for the, the Ted went for the double hand? 
They oh, went for no, the, they went for a single hand grab, the comforting hand grab, and I was like, my eyebrows were raised. And then he went for the follow on double hand cover. Yeah, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's serious. Risque. Uh, I, I I like here too that he has kind of the story of uh, he, he tells a story. He doesn't just say, yeah, I understand. It's taking a lot of uh, a toll on you. He's got a similar story. You know, mm. he got sick after his father was sick and started to recover. Being that rock takes a lot out of you. Sure. And I, I think that's definitely what Skyler's going through there. Yeah. And everything she's saying is accurate. And and Walt's not making it easy on her. And Holy what she shit. doesn't realize is that she's kind of decided to forgive him, but her subconscious is still there with a lot of doubt. Yeah. And that's what's coming out here. Yeah, yeah. So we go to breakfast where Walt is still going bananas on the floor. Uh, he pauses briefly for a piece of toast and then heads back to work. Brian Cranston's physical acting. It's he's, incredible. He's like, you know, when he he stumbles in, it's, he kind of like enters a room like Kramer and full meth cookware, <laughs> uh-huh. and he's like this neurotic bird, like bending at the waist to get the bacon and the toast <laughs> and like it. And it's he's completely <laughs> preoccupied with this rot, man. Yeah. He can't spare. Are you going to work today? Skylar, there's rot. Yeah. Yeah. There's rot. There's rot. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> Anyway, Jesse's getting high, and Jane... Uh, oh, Christ. You had sl- a bullshit <laughs> fight with your not-even-girlfriend, and that turns you back to the pipe? That's the thing. I want to talk about Christ, this. Jesus Christ, this guy's brittle as a glass rod. Goddamn. Jane slides a drawing of Apology Girl under the door, and that seems to cheer him up. So I've okay. seen him kill a man uh-huh. with less emotional reaction than this. Like This is some weak shit he's bringing. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, it is interesting to see that when he thinks he does not have Jane, he goes right back to the pipe. He, for several episodes now, has cleaned up his act quite a bit. He did look very clear-eyed. He looked very clear-eyed, yeah. And he's, like, freshly showered, you can tell. He's got yep. his hair all done up. He's got... He's got... He's, He's upgraded the lawn chairs to lazy. He's furniture. even got a bean bag. Like, he's got more furniture than he needs He's now. cooking breakfast. I... Like, she is really changing his attitude in a lot of ways, and it's immediate when he thinks he's lost that. This is his coping mechanism, right? He goes mm-hmm. right back to the meth, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's sad to see. <laughs> and, and I wonder, like, what happened with him and his parents that kind of pushed him toward that in the first place, you know? Yeah, Like, no. how did he have such a bad childhood with those parents that he decided that was the way out? That well. was the thing he needed to do to fix it. No, I mean, to you, deal with it. You and I, as you and I well know, when your parents turn their back on you, it can cause some uh, attachment issues, to say the least. So, sure, sure. I'm not totally judging him, but still, yeah, I'm yeah. judging him. No, I, I'm asking the question. I'm not saying like, oh, why oh. the fuck are you doing this? I'm saying what happened. You no, know? I think like, you're you're right. That we don't get a huge, obvious glimpse into that yet. And well, from, from what little we know, and also his relationship with Walter White is a. Uh, you know, a, a toxic one from what we can tell. Like he's, yeah. you know, swing, he's got these wild swings to cajoling and being a student and kind of like son, pseudo son, mm-hmm. and then berating him and telling him he's worthless and he's stupid. And why would anyone see anything of value in you? It's classic abuser speak. So I'm not saying he hasn't come into his bullshit, honestly, but man, is it bullshit? I think the smile when he sees apology girl is him thinking that he's a better artist. <laughs> I'm just like congratu- congratulations you browbeat your fake girlfriend yeah, into apologizing yeah. something that she shouldn't be sorry for yeah 
You need yeah. the apology kangaroo man girl thing going back the other way is what I'm saying. Yep. Jesus. So then we get a scene where Skylar sees Ted going by her office door and shoves her pins off the table to get his attention. What is that all about? Uh, I think you said it. She shoved her pins off to get his. He Why was does going, she want his attention? He was go. I, I don't know. I don't know. He hadn't. She hadn't. He hadn't noticed the blou- the the low cut blouse yet today, and mm. uh, is getting around quitting time. And uh, you know she needed to do something. She, I mean, yeah, it seems like Walt's been so detached that maybe she's looking for someone to confide in and talk yeah. to, and who will understand her situation. And with Ted's speech in the previous scene, sure, she she knows that that's him. It's nice to be wanted and supported yeah. in a way that, like, imagine if you have a mate that has cancer uh, and that, you know, even if they, you know, you have to be supportive and strong for them. And, yep. you know, there's been all this weird stuff between us. I mean, my God, there was an attempted marital rape, I think, mm-hmm. to open up the season. Uh, that's just exhausting to some level. So just the, this yeah. thing that's kind of like seems like it's innocent and you know nothing really is happening but she is getting that kind of connection and intimacy that she's not getting from from Walt this guy's opening up to her and yeah, yeah I mean I see how attractive that would be definitely and then we get the final scene which is uh Walt under the house something's not right so he goes to the hardware store uh he notices a cart full of cooking supplies and he decides that he's going to tell this junkie what he's doing wrong which is hilarious. Sure. And then the junkie, you know, runs off because he's spooked. He probably thinks he's a plainclothes man. I mean... Probably, yeah. Uh, Walt's Walt's inspired by this in some weird way, and he ditches his sealant at the counter. He goes outside, and he says, stay out of my territory. In what is a just chilling scene. I mean, if you do not have goosebumps during this scene with this music and those performances, I don't know what's wrong with you. I no, don't know. this was like a get off. I mean, I remember when I first saw this, like, uh, getting off the couch and like pumping fist and like, yeah, he's back, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, in a way that seems funny now, but like, yeah, <laughs> like he was this close to being out, and now it's like, yeah, he's yeah. not putting up with any of shit. What do you make of him, uh, Walt going to seal out the rot? You know, he got everything fixed, but now he's going to seal out the rot. And the brand he chooses is of the 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 venerable kills mm. sealer primer. Uh, I hadn't thought about it. Do you have any any thoughts on that? Um, you know, it's just it's interesting that Heisenberg sees a way uh, uses a product called kills to seal out rot. Yeah, well, what I thought was more interesting is him just trying to seal the rot in the first place and deciding. No, I don't want to seal the rot. What I really want to do is let the rot rot mm. while I become a meth kingpin. Like that's the 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 part of the metaphor where I feel like this is a complete switch in Walt's personality. But you know when we talked about Badger, like the whole uh the moral calculus for him about killing Badger versus the 50 Yes. You know, mm-hmm. I think that Walt sees himself as incorruptible. It's everything else is the problem. Uh Like if everybody would do their goddamn jobs and climb out of my ass and (laughs) stop asking questions, everything would just be fine. Yeah. And this, this, this kills is something that's increasingly attractive to him. Like what's the ultimate way to shut someone up and make it go away. Compartmentalize that stuff, paint it over. Yeah. Dead men tell no tales. I think it's a really interesting piece of foreshadowing and kind of, you know, menacing. And it just so happens the most popular uh, and prolific brand of uh, uh, primer has that name. So sure. 
Uh, and that's it. I mean, the song that they go out on uh, and that lends so much weight to this scene is TV on the radio's uh, DLZ. And there are some lyrics in there that I think are, you know, uh, at least relatable to this episode. Oh, indeed. Uh, and Walt in particular. I think, you know, there's uh, the Nevermind Death Professor. I think, you know, Death Professor is a pretty accurate description of Walt at this point. Yeah, we talked about the, uh, you know, uh, de, de la Muerta, uh, or Dia de la oh, Fuck it, de, 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 <laughs> whatever it is. Yeah, shit, yeah. skeleton he's got going on in his classroom. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I like the thing about uh, congratulations on the mess you made of things. Um, I'm trying to reconstruct mm. the air and all that brings. The oxidation is compromised. You own, but this is beginning to feel like the dog that wants her bones. Mm-hmm. That is a really great metaphor for him because. You know, he's making a mess of things, and he's also trying to you – know, he's claiming to do all this stuff for his family, all these things that are positive. But, like, the end of that lyric is increasingly we're left to wonder, is this really for his family? Yeah. Or is this all about him having his bone? Is this about him having his peace, yeah. his little thing to be proud of and to to, to grow and, uh, you know, stoke his ego and his pride? I totally buy that. That seems like Walt, uh, the more I get to know him. No, great, great song. Um, as as always, they do a really great job at uh, matching up. Uh, when Dave Porter doesn't do an original score, they do a great job of uh, lining up pop culture stuff. It just just hits home in a way that I've seen a yeah. lot of shows try to copy, but never mm-hmm. quite you know imitate, but never quite duplicate. Yeah, um, I feel like they spend a lot of time. I I won't talk about it too much, but going into like seasons four and five, um, they talked about how. You know, they had done a lot of cooking montages. Sure. Um, and they always kind of tried to find songs that fit those. And they kind of saved up the ones that they really loved yeah. for closer to the end. Um, I, I guess Vince Gilligan is just a musical fiend. Like, you yeah. know, legend says that he scored the entire pilot uh, with the rough cut that he showed the network shopping around just from his hundreds and thousands of CD collections he had. Yeah his personal yeah. music library. And you can just tell that he's got like with, with, I mean, he's just a pop culture encyclopedia. Yeah. He can always spit Movies. out the, the perfect, you know, camera angle, the perfect uh, film homage, the perfect thing to have in a background of the television, the perfect song to play. Yeah. And there's others like, uh, um, who else is really good at that is Matthew Weiner. Really okay. good at busting out. Yeah, and he's got to work in the era that he's That's in, the right? Thing. That's tough. That's the thing. He's You're always... like, I got this perfect song. Oh, it was a year too late. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, Terrence Winter of um, uh, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire, Empire arguably even a tougher job because he's got to go back almost 100 years for his references. But yeah. shows that can do that, I think it, it gains a lot. It's one thing to fit get a song that fits the mood. It's another to get one that fits the lyrical content. But we can get, mm-hmm. match them both up. Yeah, or better yet, take something like this. Like I don't know that uh, what you who'd you say these guys were? TV on the radio, the DLZ or DLZ is the song name. Um, yeah. I don't know that you would associate that with Breaking Bad. Yeah, but it never feels wrong. No, it had the perfect energy uh, for that scene. I don't know. I mean, it, like they great. can bust out Narco Corrido. They can bust out <laughs> sure. Johnny. They can bust out. Uh, um, Kenny Rogers, like it's mm-hmm. like it, he just got this shit on his finger at his fingertips. It's amazing. Yeah, good stuff. That's it for the episode. Why don't we get into some pimping? Yeah, 
Yeah, sure. Um, there's a lot of great ways you can support Bald Move. One of the awesome ones is Amazon.BaldMove.com. If you're shopping on Amazon anyway, use that link instead, Amazon.BaldMove.com. You get the same great shopping experience, same prices, same shipping policies. You know what else you get? You get to send us a couple pennies. You get to send us some love, uh, courtesy of Jeff Bezos. And it's a beautiful thing. And it's easy, and uh, uh, all you got to do is remember to put that link in there, and uh, Amazon takes care of the rest. Pretty awesome. Uh, if that doesn't float your boat, you can go to support.baldmove.com and see the other ways that you can uh, help support us monetarily. And uh, for those of you that do do that, we appreciate it, and uh, thank you very much. Why don't we get into some feedback? I'm excited about this one. My girlfriend Cecily wrote in. Oh, This has okay. never happened before. Uh-uh. Uh, she says, uh, she, she heard us talking about, uh, speaking narco corrido, mm-hmm. I talked about the restaurants back home having this, uh, St. Malverde and, uh, you know, his, his portrait on the walls and they're playing what for all I know yeah. could be narco corrido music. And we joked about it being a drug front and all that stuff. She sent just, just in the next week, she sent me a, a message that a couple Mexican restaurants in Indianapolis were just charged with a theft to the tune of over $4.5 million. That sounds like something a shell company that bumps narco corrido music had and has statues of the drug saint would do, don't you think? And she uh, sent me a, a link that talks about exactly how they did that. They skimmed in that the and I, and it's funny because in the, in the podcast I believe I referenced El Rodeo and El Harapio which yeah. are the two restaurants that I was thinking of mm-hmm. and in just 2 years at 26 locations they were able to skim 25 million dollars in two locations in ca- no 26 26 okay. but in 2 years <laughs> okay that's that's a little more and the the three owners were wow. indicted and sent to jail. And I guess the authorities could have shut down the restaurant chain, but they they uh, decided to keep it open because their food is just that damn good. Mm-hmm. That that damn good. They they mentioned that uh, an average restaurant has between fifty and sixty percent of their deposits in their operations accounts would be cash deposits. Guess what percentage? And in, in average, L L Rodeo fifty or sixty. Uh, 7.25% of their deposits are cash. Wow, that's a red flag. He's a, he, I think <laughs> they were not even being subtle about it. No, 48 maybe I could see. And but... that would still be a healthy amount of cash. Um, But, you know, like the great Al Capone, they are brought down by income tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess they owed $4.5 million unpaid. Um, But, yeah, uh, interesting, wow. interesting. Uh, I wonder. I wonder what uh, Saint Malverde would say. Nick Double P said on your last podcast, you gave Walt some shit for asking leading questions uh, to Jesse, even though chemistry isn't a strong suit. And in, in general, I was talking shit about his teaching method, his Socr- his bullshit Socratic method. I think that there is a deeper layer than just Walt enjoys teaching in this scene. We know that Jesse used to be a student of Walt's, probably seven to ten years ago. I'd say arguably less. I don't think Jesse's supposed to be that probably. Old. Yeah. Um, but whatever, and Walt noticing how little impact his teaching has had on Jesse as he asks him simple questions that someone who has taken high school chemistry should know. Well, Walt, yeah, I think that people know that wire is made out of copper, and copper is an element, that the wire is not an element. I don't know that you need yeah. high school chemistry. We're, we're talking about a meth addict whose diet consists of fun. And I just watched two idiots on the Home Shopping Network yeah. argue about whether the moon was a planet or a star. And not understand earnest. what a natural satellite Jeez, means. Uh, so I'm going to go on another rant. I've had like <laughs> at least two too many. 
Anyway, while Walt is super passionate about chemistry and teaching, he realizes that a lot of what he says in class falls on deaf ears for students like Jesse, who has a lot of potential. I think this point is hammered home by multiple instances this season where Walt interacts with poor performing students like the don't bullshit a bullshitter scene and the not even close screening scene. It's another layer of sadness to see our protagonist try hard to succeed at something and fail, which adds to the sympathy that people feel with them. What do you make of this? Is this yet another failure in uh, a long line of Walt's failures at life? And and do you feel sympathy for that? Or I think what do you he think views, of Nick's take here? I think he views not being able to teach Jesse as a failure. Yeah. I mean, that's his job at that point, right? Especially as it comes clear that Jesse's not an idiot. Yeah. That like you now know, he has a hard job. I don't. I don't think it's fair to pin all that blame on Walt, even yeah. though maybe Walt does. Uh, but I, I think yeah, he blames himself at least a little bit for that. Hmm. Certainly, and he's probably right too. Barry C says, "Where do you guys place this episode?" And that this is the episode that Walt went full on Heisenberg debate. It's a pretty strong case for me. This is the one where he's seemingly out of the game and out of pride, puts himself back in. Most Heisenberg moments were out of a sense of necessity before this, but this was just pure ego. I totally forgot about Walt's altercation with Hank, which was quite scary on second watch. Stay out of my territory is my favorite Heisenberg moment of series two. Yeah. Having said that, as badass as Heisenberg is, what exactly did he expect to happen if either of his two standoffs, Hank or the big parking lot dude, decided to just punch him? He may be an evil dude. science genius, but... He mad dog big parking lot dude into submission there. That dude just rolled over on his back and wet himself. And he was, he was Junior Heisenberg. If you notice, he's bald. He's got a goatee. He he's is, in a shitty RV. He he's is, got a dumb fuck companion. You're right. He is Heisenberg. You're right. That he, is the the alternate universe Heisenberg. He's the Miller High Life version of Heisenberg. Bizarro world. Bizarro world. Heisenberg. Sure, sure. And he uh, backed him down, man. He backed him down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting point. Like, I got so wrapped up in Bizarro Heisenberg that I missed his point. I'm sorry. His point was like, <laughs> do you, what was he thinking would happen? When he went out there to the parking lot? Uh, I think he's thinking exactly what happened would happen. It, that he would intimidate these fuckers into right. backing down. Yeah, not many people want to take a punch or throw a punch. It's a hassle. Sure. I mean, especially when you got your RV potentially full of meth cooking utensils. Sure. You don't want the cops called for a scuffle in the parking lot of a Home Depot. Sure, I think that guy just thought better of it. He probably could have taken Walt, just like Hank could have taken Walt. But, yeah, but taking Walt's only part of the equation. Like, if yes. this guy is some badass... Mm-hmm. Then he's got to deal with the, the cartel or somebody. He like has no idea. Maybe this guy could take Tuco, too, but do you want to? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, is it, is it worth getting the first poke in yeah. when you're going to get, uh, you know, die screaming in the desert? No. Sure. And I think that's the thing. That's the menacing part of Heisenberg, that uh, it's the threat of violence. And what, oh, man, this guy looks like a goddamn cancer patient. He's rolling on me this tough. Whoa. Yeah, it feels more like Walt is the blowfish in this episode, right? Right. Like, he's puffing up and backing people down and when he's really not that tough. I mean, if this guy were to beat the shit out of Walt and drive off in his RV... Walt doesn't know who the guy is. Walt's not in, Walt's not a tough guy or an important guy or a that. dangerous guy. I know. Walt's I know. the boss of the the mighty Jesse Pinkman. But that's why I compare him feared to by the bikers Blowfish, everywhere, right? Because uh, he's not tough. Sure, sure. He just acts tough. Uh, Liz G has some comments regarding Skyler. She says Skyler is just biding her time because she's pregnant. 
If she had money to support her son and the baby that she's about to have, she might have left Walt. She's making mm. the best out of a bad situation. She's acting out less regarding her suspicions because she feels stuck and because she loves Walt. That may be the main reason she stays, her love for Walt. Uh, so, do you agree that if she had her own money and her own way to support their their kids, that she would be out on Walt already? I, I don't feel that like that's true. That would be tough on the kids, you know? I mean, from Junior's perspective... His dad is a guy who's on the verge of death, battling cancer, for his mom to, at this point, up and leave for really no no explainable reason, right? She's got hunches. Yeah. She's got a like, lot of loose weird evidence, uh, but nothing Why'd concrete. Why dad, mom? Well, he goes on long walks in the desert. And he might have a me. second cell phone. Like, mm, Yeah. It's not a great excuse, and the yeah. kids might not understand that. Sure. Now, certainly... <laughs> The unborn baby would not understand that. <laughs> she continues, Skylar's been giving support and encouragement to Walt. Ted is offering to be there for her, and that is an attractive offer. Mm. She likes the attention. She needs the attention. That's kind of uh, yeah. on my theory. Uh, women feel things, and men do things. Oh, now that is a gross generalization I'm that I do not appreciate. I'm glad a woman made it, and I'm not going to touch a 10-foot pole. I don't necessarily, <laughs> I don't agree with it either, but I'm we'll, going, we'll continue. I'm going to throw up some false self-righteous indignation. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> uh, while Skylar felt emotional, wanted to talk after and during treatments, all Walt had wanted was to do for his family. Yes, it involved making meth and killing people, but he was actively doing something for his family. <laughs> that little smile on Walt's face when Walt Jr. gets sick, it was like he enjoyed the kid's suffering. And the little grin on his face when he scares the wannabe drug makers in the parking lot. Isn't that the moment Heisenberg is reborn? Hard to argue, right? Heisenberg. Heisenberg? Heisenberg is born again. Heisenberg. Yeah. It's definitely in the parking lot. I mean, he's wrestling with that issue the whole time. That was the... That's uh, the water heater stuff. When Breaking Bad is a uh, is broadcast in Sweden, it's called Heisenborg. <laughs> Heisenborg. Uh-huh. Or on the Starship Enterprise, also <laughs> called Heisenborg. Is it? Yes. Why? Oh, yes. Okay. Never oh, mind. my God. Never mind. Retract. I was <laughs> trying right. to think. I was like, is there like a checkoff joke? Or is there some <laughs> kind of Scandinavian... Pronoun- no, no, no. It's just Borg. Yes. Uh, did Walt really call Hank and apologize? Or was he lying to Walt Jr. when he said he did? I don't think he did call Hank. He had to swallow his pride and call Skylar to apologize, but that was one apology he couldn't avoid. Liz is saying that he just said that. We never saw it. She's right about that. I don't know. Would he lie to his son in a moment where he's pretending to be apologetic? Would he lie to his family? To avoid an uncomfortable truth. <laughs> Gee, and would then... Walt lie to his family? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I need another rewatch. Another shot of tequila. Uh, she she PS'd us. I just listened to the Insider Podcast and had no idea the lady who played Marie was pregnant during the season. She's talking about Betsy Brandt. The late, not the late. Late. The great Brett, Betsy Brandt's. Branched, branched, mm-hmm. brand. Mm-hmm. I've had this. That tequila is really good. The tequila you, huh? and the whiskey is finally catching up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, or uh, wait, yeah. I just about to start an email over. No obvious props in front of her to hide the pregnancy. I don't know because on the insider cast for 210, they were kind of yucking about the creative ways that they got around shooting her. Yes. And I noticed she's standing a lot behind counters and islands. Mm, big purple purses. Big purple pur- purses. Yep. So, again. Maybe on the re-rewatch we can catalog. I can I can have a Betsy Brandt yeah. belly watch, the triple B. 
Uh, speaking of bees, Jenkins B with N- Walt's news of his cancer in remission. I was wonder was trying to wonder what is his mindset. Does he feel guilty that he has to live another God knows how long with his lies about the previous meth making exploits, mm-hmm. or does he feel that the remission is just temporary and a ne- and a necessary setback to his still inevitable death from cancer? Mm-hmm. Whichever the answer may be, Walt is trying to keep his mind. Occupied with DIY do-it-yourself Home Depot chores until he comes to the realization that the only thing that keeps him out of his depressed state is being a drug kingpin. Yeah, that's sad. If the only way to keep yourself from being depressed it's is to be a drug Jesse, king- right? kingpin, like Jesse's using drugs, Walt's making drugs. Arguably, Jane is Jesse's drug. I think you really crystallized yeah, that you in might my be right. mind. Is mm-hmm. that he was in the midst of this depressive episode. He was in full pumpkin t-shirt garb. He was hitting the pipe. He was hitting the bong. Yeah. He was not wanting to think or feel anything. And then she, Apology Girl, came into his life, and uh, he substituted one one thing for the other. Uh, yeah, I, Walt's doing the same thing, right? Sure. Uh, Jenkins continues. He considers himself a failure in almost every facet of his life, except this drug empire, which he's now uh, establishing. Point of fact, he also has a wife with a truly rocking set of boobs. That's not nothing. <laughs> I mean, maybe Walt needs. Is that to, the measure of a wife? Is that maybe reduce? Maybe it Walt to? needs to replace this drug kingpin stuff with some for, with some apology girl of his own. Maybe not that so. Skyler would apologize, but she's got the pouch. <laughs> oh my god! I'm not going anywhere near that. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, my stomach hurts. Um, <laughs> this episode is about Walt's satisfaction of ego more than anything else. Side note, I grew up primarily... A lot of people side-noting us yeah. this, this episode. I grew up primarily with reggae as my main form of uh, music, so I was so stoked to hear Jesse hmm. and Jane blasting out Yellow Man song over cigars. I am live? proud to like... hear a man be openly reggae. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering where he lives. I like, don't know. I I I struggle to think of a place in America where you would be primarily focused on reggae. Yeah, like where is the Maybe reggae? Like, where are the reggae centers? I don't of know. The United States. I really don't know, but I'm curious. I'd like to know. I like. I mean, I like like if I'm around I like the, the mainstream pool, stuff. Yeah. If I'm around the pool, reggae reggae music. If sure. I'm on the deck, if I'm grilling, I like reggae music. Summer, it's all about reggae music. Sure. Uh, if I'm Trying to get intoxicated, I like some Bob Marley. Sure. Uh, but I don't know much beyond there, and I feel like... I think Bob Marley would be disappointed to hear you say that, but... but... Oh, no. Come on. Bob Marley has nothing against intoxication. Well, but, I mean, with a higher purpose, maybe. Sure. Well, that's, what, fighting I'm do- Babylon, that's what I'm doing maybe. it for. Yeah. Okay. yeah, that's what I do it for. You got to fight to Babylon. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Andrea P. says, every other week you discuss... Uh, if Walt is still acting for his family or for selfish reasons, by yes, reasons. But I think I'm turning into Sean Connery. Apparently, the right amount <laughs> selfish reasons, the right amount of vodka and <laughs> bourbon, and and I give myself one chance in three of making it through this <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> but I think you're missing that providing for his family is not a good motivation. All wanting to provide for his family proves is that Walt is not a psychopath and capable of love. <laughs> He is committing immoral and illegal acts and bringing pain to other families for the selfish reason of getting what he wants. Reason, I'm still having trouble with that. Well, he doesn't care about the other families. He cares about his family, right? Debatable. Money. He's got to have it. It's just that his want is something other than stroking his own ego. Uh, 
you know, if Skylar had just stroked his ego in the for, in the goddamn pilot, she certainly got off eBay. Yeah, not, maybe none of this had ever happened. It's not even so gray as one of those stories of a man committing a crime to get an operation for his dying kid because Walt's family would suffer no ma- no cosmic injustice for lack of his drug money. If Walt had started cooking, he would have left his kids to be raised by a single parent with the skills and education to provide for them and supported supportive extended family. What's so terrible about that? Well, he he would have left his wife pregnant uh, and alone with a child to raise and another one on the way. Yeah, but that's, she's got Hank and Marie. Yeah, she does have... Walt Jr. She, she has support mechanisms, certainly. If, if Walt yeah. Jr. is on Game of Thrones, he'd be a man full grown. He could be able to sit on his father's throne. <laughs> Ride on Hodor's back. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. There must always be... There must always be a white in Whiterfell. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Yeah. Uh, mostly I just miss Game of Thrones. Uh, sure, we all hope to give those we love the best, and most of us have to settle for an average life, but trying for more is never good if one single extra person... Uh, comes to unnecessary harm. Yeah, I think the thing he didn't want to Not leave her theory. with is the debt that she would have been left with after his treatment. Um, th- I, that's the thing that bothered him the most, I think. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if uh, my best advice for anybody, if if, if you got a family and, and you're still in your 20s and 30s, is go get yourself some term life insurance. Mm, yeah. Like if Walt had gotten himself a twenty dollar a month term life insurance when when he and Skyler first got married, and none of this would have ever happened. Yeah, like I mean, forget the sad birthday hand job. He should have talked to his fucking life insurance agent. Yeah, and said, yeah. "Nah, I don't want to hear your whole life bullshit." Well, I, no, he doesn't I, just, have I want a... term life. I want a twenty year, thirty year term life policy. He doesn't have enough money for a pipe going to his water heater. No, I see that. That's the thing. I think that the decrepit state of the water heater, mm-hmm. other than just a, a reflection of his corrosion of his soul, yeah, yeah. is also to to get us that like, what was kind of lazy about maintaining? He was all about yeah, a little promising neglectful. things and not really doing things, and mm-hmm. then being pissed that he couldn't do the things he wanted to do because he put yeah. off the things he had to do. I mean, and, and feeling like he was being attacked when people confronted him about it. No, that's yeah. that's a classic sign of depression too. Sure. I mean, I I can't be too hard on people because sometimes you literally can't do the shit because you just you know yeah. you don't know why but you feel like you're wrapped in this wet blanket mm-hmm. walt seems like that kind of guy too at the beginning of the series so definitely yeah. tragic all around but yeah I, I kind of agree with andrew here um you know i yeah no he has had multiple opportunities to get out of this without leaving his family in debt with legitimate ways of doing sure. that He's taken none of them. It's All not, I had to do is a, a not even a. I, I don't know, man. It's you just had to go work for Elliot, right? Boom, problem solved, right? And yeah, I mean, we talked about this a, a, a bunch, but it that is the saddest part of it is that because he thought that maybe Skyler put it up to him, and that wasn't a genuine offer based on intellectual parity and his value, but it's like, oh, this is a pity offer. It's yeah. it's just a damn it's a damn shame. I mean, this is a tragedy. It's a modern American tragedy. Sure. And it's also cool as hell and really fun to watch. Yep. That's it. We got a spoiler section coming up. Uh if you if you're brave enough or if, if you've uh already partaken of the series at least once, join us there. You can send us feedback at breaking good at baldmove.com on our Facebook at facebook.com slash baldmove and our forums at forums.baldmove.com. Lots of great content. I forgot to pre-pimp um, our series where we did a top 
10. You and I yeah. collaborated on a top 10 television for t- 2014 list, and we got it out before January is over. So, it was, yeah, <laughs> we were worried about that. We're like, if we don't get it by February, then fuck it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of stuff we've been busting our ass on that we're going to reveal we, pretty we, soon. We made a 45 minute podcast that we didn't we filmed three and a half hours of the making of of our debates. Yeah. We we just like started the whole thing from start to finish. How we compiled our top ten list, which you can get on YouTube, but you can all find on baldmove.com. Uh, check it out, please. <laughs> Let's get to the spoiler section. Sounds good. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, with Mandala, I think is the name of the episode. I believe so. I don't know, but regardless of what the name Mandela. is, we will be covering it. Uh, until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. Yo, this is Captain Cook. Listen up. Mr. White and I have a new website. He was like, we could increase our website uptime way past 99.1% by joining Media Temple and some other science shit. I said, look, you may know a lot about chemistry, man, but you don't know jack about building websites. The guy is like 60 or something. But get this, he was right. No chili pee, just WordPress. The site looks dope now, and I got more cash than an ATM, yo. You should seriously up your game with Media Temple's WordPress hosting. Check out ballmove.com forward slash Media Temple and sign up. What are you waiting for, bitch? And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week, Aaron? Coolest piece of foreshadowing ever, and we know absolutely it was intentional. What Jane, is it? Breakfast. Yep. yep. Uh, Jesse's cooking breakfast. Jane comes out. He says, oh, you weren't supposed to wake up. Jane says, ever? Ha, 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 ha. Well, of course, we know that Jane does not wake up one night when she goes to sleep, so there's foreshadowing. I thought it was really cool. No. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you get when you write a cohesive season. You know? Right. I wonder, I wish if we were covering this live in the first go, if anyone had that as a Hail Mary prediction. I don't know. Wake up ever. Oh, is Jane going to (laughs) die? That would have been cool. Sure. Uh, Let's see. There's a fan. So, you know, as always, I I read Seriable.com and Aria's excellent Breaking Bad observations. And I mentioned, you know, independently, I talked about the damage to the windshield being reminiscent of the, the, the meth cooking, the shattering of the glass and all that stuff. Yeah. There was a, speaking of um, the evolution of fan theories, he talked about that there was a fan theory in season two that, uh, or maybe it was in season three and four, because uh, he wrote these observations, best I can tell, between season 5A and 5B. Okay. Uh, there's a fan theory going around about the damage to Walt's Aztec is re- is reflective of the damage to Walt's soul in kind of like this mm-hmm. um, portrait of Dorian Gray kind of way. Yeah, yeah. That he stays the same. He's this unchangeable Heisenberg badass, but the, the Aztec gets getting more and more the hell beat out of it. Mm-hmm. Culminating him in, with him selling the Aztec for 50 bucks, Yeah, but keeping... The tainted part, the Heisenberg hat. He goes retrieve that from the back seat before he sells it. Hmm. What do you think about that theory? Yeah, no, I, I think they, you know, everything I've heard from the makers of this show says that they like to abuse the Aztec, and I don't think that's for no reason. And that was uh, like when he sells the Aztec and he comes home in the, uh, was it the 300M, the Chrysler? Yeah. 
that is from here on out. It's Heisenberg. Yeah, there no, are no flashes. The, Az- of Walt the Aztec is representative of Walter White himself, and they've said that they they changed the color of that Aztec to be more bland and boring and bullshit, uh, in order to reflect who Walter White is at the beginning of the series. So definitely, when they do damage to it, they are doing damage to Walter White, the the ego of Walter White, the the id. Of Walter White, and then you know he's becoming more Heisenberg as it goes. So let's talk about the crawl space equals Walter White's grave theory. Mm-hmm. In the episode crawl space, we talked about that—the fact that you know he's crawling down there in dirt, you know, six feet under, metaphorically. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's talking to people, uh, the image of him talking through that hatch looks like like a partially open coffin. Uh huh. And he thinks it's the end for him. He's he's on his way out. Right. Uh, of, what of the game. So so what do we make of him digging his own grave, whitewashing his own grave, sprucing up his own grave, trying to remove the rot of his own grave? What what do we make of that thematically? Yeah, see, that's where this stuff breaks down for me. Like, I'm I'm not super convinced that you go to seasons three, four, five, and the stuff that they did in season two is really that relevant anymore. Um, in this, the house is very much used as... Uh, a metaphor for Walter's life. And when you try to extend it beyond that, I think it breaks apart. I think it breaks apart. Oh, well, fuck you very much, because my next point is, in this episode, Skylar introduces concept of the Keller account. Yeah. Which, in retrospect, seems kind of important. I don't think in an initial view, it's just like her talking about something in her boss. We know that that... that Eventually yeah. becomes a big bugaboo that, that they're sowing the seeds for... that he's doing a little bit El Rodeo, El Harapio, skimming stuff off the top, not paying taxes on it because yeah. the business is not quite what it used to be. Uh huh. And in the means, and, and this is also the episode that introduced the crawl space. We had no idea. I mean, Walt's house could have been a slab until this thing came along. Sure. So then the episode crawl entitled Crawl Space. Uh, it, this plot comes full circle where Skylar has stolen the money that Walt has kept in the crawl space to settle uh, Ted's Keller account tab. But it's not just Keller. It's everything. It's all of his accounts. I, I get it. But this is this is Skylar. The genesis of this plot yeah. is introduced at the same time the crawl space is introduced. Mm-hmm. The crawl space then comes to a culmination at the same time that that plot achieves maximum potency we had a pre-podcast debate about this and you were staunchly you're full of shit i think that there i i don't understand necessarily why you think that i guess it's possible when i hear them talking about you know we got to actually plot out season two sure we got to sit down after the writer's strike and we got to have some time to say here's what we want to do with season two and make it as cohesive as possible it's those kind of things that make me say, okay, well, when you get into seasons three, four, five, they don't have the time to do that. They're not they're not writing these very cohesive kind of story things. They're kind of going week to week on this. And I think when you say, oh, this comes back two seasons later and it and something that's kind of tied to the Keller account ends up uh in the same episode as a crawl space thing. I like I just don't buy that there's any there there. Like and and what are they trying to say with that? Like, is it just something that is kind of fun to do, like thematically? And what does that mean for the show? Is that important? 
I don't know. That's that stuff just doesn't impress me that much. I don't know. It's kind of like it wh- feels to me like fans reaching for stuff after the fact. Well, it's it's one thing if I don't know. I, I think it's entirely possible, and we you know I, I coined it like Vince Gilligan strip mining the past to yeah. make the future the, the present more interesting. I entirely think it's possible for them to make that connection that hey we did a thing with the crawl space we had the keller account would be really cool is if we stash walt's cash in the crawl space and then you know the irs bill comes due and skylar has to pay it out of the crawl space and we have walt laughing his ass off and and the way they framed walt talk and i get it like there's only so many ways you can frame a shot of someone talking to someone else through a hole in a crawl space yeah but the fact that those shots are of, of him Looking up at at, uh, at at Walt Jr. in full Heisenberg garb, contrasted with him looking up in Skyler in kind of like Walter White mode. He doesn't have all that shit on it, and he's losing his shit. I think that there is something to that, and I don't, you know, just in the same... I, I feel like, you know, when you and I are working on scripts for things, you know, we have the first draft, and we continually you know, refine it, refine it, refine it. In the writer's room, these people are all massive Breaking Bad fans. They're super passionate about that yeah. stuff. I think they have the knowledge of all that stuff that's come before, and they use it intentionally. Uh, man, two years later, your knowledge is going to be so faulty on the, the intricate details of how things were paced and plotted. Like I, You're assuming at this point, I think, that they go back through and they cover every single episode and say, can we do something with this? Like Every single time they sit down I don't and write. think that, but you're, we're a weird case because we do 200-plus podcasts and we do like 20 different shows. If we were making a show and 13 episodes per year and we had all that, I think that it's not beyond the realm of possibility that you would keep all that stuff in your head. Or one have, of the people in the writer's room. I, I have a really good idea of the timeline of Breaking Bad in seasons four and five in my head because we were podcasting about them. Sure. Uh, Imagine if you're making it and you watch each episode probably 10 plus times and you're there on the filming and you're there writing the yeah, script. Yeah, but it's and two years later. Like. Man, that's asking ah. me next year if I remember something that happened in season five. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, I have my theory. You have yours. That's all I got. You got anything? I just else? don't think there's anything important about it. Like, what? What does that say? It's not you important. Know? It's just cool. I, I'm not saying it's important. Like, is it? Cool? You are missing Breaking Bad if you don't make that connection. Say I'm that. saying that connection's <laughs> there, and I think it's cool. All right. Well, you can think it's cool. I'll think it's meh. Whatever. What about this? Oh, boy. So here's the thing I don't understand. Okay. In episode three, I believe, uh, you know, Hank was bragging about the death of Tuco, which we know is traumatic to him, but whatever. He's bragging in front of Walt Jr. And Walt Jr. is like, oh, that's pretty badass, hey, Uncle Hank. And Walt's giving him the stink eye because he's being emasculated in his in his thoughts. And then Walt Jr. forces his father to drink the apple juice or orange juice because he needs his strength, you know, in this episode, we see yet again, Hank, uh, you know, being a, 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 a shit talking badass who was secretly traumatized by this event, but he's building up his Tortuga and Walt Jr. is eating it up. Walt forces his son to drink the juice and the tequila form of tequila. Yeah. Is that interesting to you? Sure. So that is interesting that within the boundaries of this season. Yes. But a similar parallel between two seasons you think is meh. Yeah, because when they sit down and explicitly write a season 
and mull everything over. It's like our, you know, our two minute skits that we do or whatever. Yeah. We sit down, we say, okay, let's write a rough thing. We mull it over. We say, where can the, where, where do the jokes belong? What's funny about this? And we write a cohesive thing there. Now, trying to, to come back to that two years later and say, let's write something not specifically around this episode, but like we've got this general thread going. Let's write something here. Oh, oh, there's this specific thing that happened in this one episode that I remember. This you one skit we did that I remember. We're gonna you don't bring that back two years we later. We don't think we'd play that, listen to it, and then build off of it. You are so full of shit. How do they decide that that's the moment to use? Like they've got like twelve people in the writers' room. All it takes is one person to remember. I get it. I get it. But I just don't see it like you don't think as they got the cohesive... DVDs? Like every every impression I've gotten listening to the podcast, listening to Vince Gilligan's sure. interviews is that they sat down, they wrote season two. Great, fantastic work. Uh, but then later on, it seems like the stuff that they do is more generalities and the the like the big moments in seasons, the threads kind of running through with Junior and Hank being like coupled together and Walt not liking that. That's a thing. That's something they, they keep in mind and they run with. Whereas a detail in an episode, like when did this happen? Oh, Oh, this fiddly little bit happened here. This same bit of plot happened here. Let's move that into season four. Doesn't, it it never strikes me that they go into that much detail when writing this stuff in future seasons. It's always like they stumble into those kind of things and fans just kind of go overboard predicting and saying here look at these coincidences see i think see i, I think there's a lot more intention intent behind that and i think that um okay. part of vince gilligan's southern gentleman is to be self-deprecating and like oh it's maybe like, oh, so it's happy. maybe but so. and i also know there's also things like um the guy who does the set dressing uh has got you know when he's doing inserts of like gail but bodeker's apartment yeah bodeker bodeker uh whatever Boddicker, gail's apartment Boddicker. Know. i don't know how you uh, say it. he he you know he puts a a bus that has half of its face discolored yeah i don't think vince gilligan had any idea that that was probably even the thing i think that's something that he the and that's what i mean like the they passion of this one it. like third you know low level guy that puts it in there and that's not stumbling that's just a lot of passionate people coming together to do like you know to make the sum of everything greater than its parts it's, it's like a happy accident it's but but i think that when it comes down to writing and like shot selection and the way they mirror some of these motifs i think it's a lot more deliberate but i don't know I'll be i think to see they what learned think. how to shoot certain shots in film school and they're just executing on what they know they that they repeat those patterns throughout the series and when people jump on especially shots like i think the shot stuff is complete bullshit mm. because that is like how many how many ways are you going to shoot a scene man when you when got you the, have to shoot hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of scenes when you got for a people, series yes you're going to have some repeat when you got people blocked off in the exact same spots and the sun is in the exact same part of the sky and the rv is parked in the exact same angle happy and, accidents i'm telling i'm telling ah, you it's it's shock it's it's standard shot composition with some small happy accidents in mixed in the mix eh, well again i'm That's not I I'm, I'm not a hollywood professional so i don't know neither am i uh Breaking good at baldmove.com if you got an opinion on this. <laughs> I'm sure people will. Uh, we're, man, we've got two episodes left, right? No, three. three. Yeah. Three. 
11, 12, Not much 13. happens in the next few episodes. No, 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 no. You can pretty much tune out for the next three. And then I'm come sure back I won't have three. any opinion on things that are that are, that are coming up. Nope. Uh, it's going to uh, be Kanga Man comes in next episode. Surprisingly. Uh, yeah, with his cape and his pouch. The whole cold opens. Nothing but Kanga Man <laughs> from here on out. No more pink teddy bears. It's just Adventures uh-huh. of Kanga Man and Apology Girl. Sure. Both equipped with pouches. <laughs> All right. Turn this shit off, man. That's it. Get out. We're done. Out. Done. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for everybody watching. See you. We will see time. you later.